This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Tuesday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us this morning. We work our way around what happened in baseball last night. Um, Lots to get to this morning. NHL playoffs kicking off last night. Um, But... uh, (laughs) You probably heard it if you were listening to the newscast. Just a uh, just a couple of minutes. I'm not going to you know belabor this, but uh, the fact that the uh, potential decision by the Supreme Court was leaked to the media is very very concerning. Uh, uh, let's put aside the uh, the, the uh, content of it, which is that uh, it, it appears that the Supreme Court is ready to overturn Roe v. Wade. Which, look, uh, uh, here's the thing, um, and I live in the Deep South, you know, and I and I live in an area where everybody is against abortion, and you know, I'm not, I'm not a, uh, I'm not in favor of abortion necessarily, but I am in favor of a woman's right to choose. I think there has to be some limits as to when, but but having said that, um, you know, I wouldn't want my wife or girlfriend or whatever to to get an abortion. But I also understand there are times when, you know, that women feel they need to do that. And and I I think that's their right. Um, But the fact that this has been leaked ahead of time, uh, there's two things about that. One, you know, it's I don't know what the motivation would be other than if it was somebody that was on the dissenting side wanting to try to poison the well, so to speak, before this decision ever gets reached and, you know, get people up in arms and maybe uh, get the justices to change their mind. I, I don't know if that's part of the motivation here. I don't know what it is. But understand this. Even if they overturn Roe versus Wade, it doesn't mean that a woman can't get an abortion in this country. It just means that there will be certain states you won't be able to. So it will be a case of, you know, women will be uh, forced to go to another state to, to have something like that done. Uh, the concern is, and one of the things that happened versus in Roe v. Wade, was that there were women getting illegal abortions because it was against the law in their state, getting illegal abortions and, and having it kill people. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I'm not going to get into uh, what was in the decision or the, the proposed decision because some of the stuff, and it was supposedly written by Justice Alito, and some of the stuff in there is just ludicrous. But, you know, having said that, it's just, uh, you know, the, the Supreme Court should not be political, but we know it is. And we knew when Donald Trump was the president and he was going to appoint uh, conservative judges that this is where we were heading. Everybody knew it. Everybody. I mean, you have to be an idiot not to know that this was coming. So, uh, but unfortunate, and and I tell you what, if they find out who did this, somebody somebody needs to lose their job because I mean, in the highest court in the land, something like this, this should not be leaking. This would be like, uh, you know, this is like you know, 
leaked from the CIA or the FBI that, that could that could screw uh, you know an investigation. This kind of stuff should not be being leaked, and and this is just somebody with a political agenda that did it, and you know somebody's head's going to roll at some point. There's no question about that. So. Uh, just wanted to to mention it here this morning, and and again, I'm not I'm I don't want to get into a political conversation here so much, other than you know uh, everybody you know has their own opinion. I have mine, uh, and I'm, I stand with women having the right to choose what happens to their bodies. Again, within limits. I mean, I don't think a woman should be able to have a, an abortion in the second trimester, but I, I think that uh, there comes a point where you know you, you have to draw a line. But at the same time, you know, within the first couple of months i think a woman has the right to choose and she should have the right to choose and i will die on that hill so anyway all right let's uh, get to sports a much happier tough topic unless of course you're a red sox fan and then that hasn't been so happy lately a uh, story in the boston globe this morning and uh boy it's good to know Hein bloom f- shares our frustration i i feel so much better knowing that the the uh, general manager of the boston red sox shares the frustration of red sox fans that that team just stinks right now now, I will give Bloom this. He is right in that he says, look, um, if we start making dramatic changes after the first month of the season, we're probably not doing it right to begin with. He, he, he has a point. He says, look, when you have players you know have talent, uh, who have demonstrated it uh, at the highest level, uh, you know, he said, more often than not, you're going to regret it if you run away from them. You know, and he said, uh, you know, he said, uh, there's a reason that a lot of things in this game need to play out over large samples. He, look, I'll give him that. He's right. You know, and, and as I said yesterday in my rant, you know, perhaps, you know, when uh, Chris Sale comes back and James Paxton comes back and, uh, you know, the, the pitching staff is going to be better. You know, I don't know if it's going to solve the problem that we have with Alex Cora pulling guys in the fourth inning all the time, but, you know, be that as it may. Uh, and, and you know that at some point, Kike Hernandez is going to hit. You know, you know that he's going to join the parade. Uh, you know, you know, we've, we've already seen what we're going to get out of Devers and Bogarts. You know, Trevor Story's uh, uh, history tells you that he will hit. The problem is he's not in Coors Field anymore, and his numbers away from Coors Field are not pretty, but he has he has been hitting even below those levels. So at some point, you know, that's going to get better. You know, look, there are question marks, you know, and, and you know, Bloom is not in, in, you know, leaning towards bringing up Tristan Cassis or Jaron Duran or anybody like that right now. Um, but the, the questions that we have, obviously, are Jackie Bradley Jr. Look, Jackie struggled to hit the entire time he was in Boston with, you know, with the exception of some, uh, you know, a streaky month here or there. There's no doubting how great a defender he is. And right now, Jackie Bradley Jr. should probably, probably be a fourth outfielder, a guy who is a late-inning def- defensive replacement. You know, and, and I love Jackie. But when you hit 161 in Milwaukee, and you're hitting a buck twenty-five in Boston, and you've just struggled in your entire career, and yet you know you're being thrown out there every day. There is legitimate concern there, and I and I I I don't know why you wouldn't consider bringing up Jaron Duran. Jaron Duran looked great, by the way, in spring training. Now, when he came up last year, he wasn't ready, and he wasn't good. 
but he's played a lot more down in AAA. He looked, as I said, looked great in spring training. Spring training is what it is. But when you've got Jackie Bradley Jr. that's not hitting and you've got a guy with Duran that brings another aspect to that team, which is his blistering speed, why not? You know, I don't see any issue bringing him up. Nutrition Cassis is just another story. We talked about that yesterday. I'm fine with leaving him down there. I, you know, again, I worry about what's going to happen, whether Bobby Dahlback's going to figure this out or not. I don't believe Franchi Cordero is the answer at first base. They cut uh, uh, Shaw. So, you know, first base is a bit of a concern. There's no doubt. But I don't think you rush Tristan Cassis. Not at all. Um, I don't know what the answer becomes at first base. And, you know, if that's our biggest problem, then we'll be okay. Um, but the problem right now that I see is the outfield, and I'm concerned about that without a doubt. You know, and, and one thing that, that Hein Bloom pointed out in his interview yesterday with Alex Spear at the Globe was, look, um, let's remember what happened last year with Hunter Renfro. You know, he was hitting 167 in April. He stunk, Right. The next five months, he hit 30 home runs and batted 275 with an OPS of, you know, 850. So, uh, yeah, we have to remember that. I mean, there's no question about that. Uh, and as far as the Red Sox go, look, we have to remember last year the the Yankees, right? They were after 23 games. The Yankees were three games under 500. They went to the playoffs. Atlanta was 11 and 12 last year after 23 games. They went to the World Series. So it doesn't mean that the Red Sox can't do it. However, history tells you uh, they're in trouble. The Red Sox have not gone to the playoffs after posting a losing record through 23 games since 1967. 1967, the year Yaz won the Triple Crown. They faced the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. It's been a long time. You know, what's that, 55 years? And look, so I, I get it with Bloom. You know, you got to play the long game. It's a 162-game season. I get all that. But there are some legitimate concerns. And, you know, I, I'm all for I agree in that you don't need to make radical changes. I don't see they need to go out and make eight, 87 trades, et cetera, et cetera. But there are some some tweaks that you can make. And one of them's got to be the consideration of what to do with Jackie Bradley and what to do about Bobby Dalbeck. You know, uh, how long do you wait? You know, if I'll tell you what, if at the end of May comes or the, even the middle of May comes and Jackie hasn't picked it up at all and Dahlbeck hasn't picked it up at all, if you're high in bloom, you know, you may not want to make a lot of knee-jerk reactions, but I think bringing up a guy like Jaron Duran would not be the worst thing in the world. You know, I, it wouldn't, you know. Uh, and, you know, as far as uh, the first base situation goes, uh, you know, you may just have to eat it with Dahlbeck for the year. I don't want to see them rush Tristan Cassis up. Cassis is a guy that, look, you know, he has done some great things early in his, uh, you know, minor league career. But he struggled a little bit at AAA this year. I think we have to give him time to get plenty of at-bats down there to see better pitching before you bring him up. So we may have to just suck it up. But there are things you can do in the outfield. You have some other options. Jaron Duran would be one of them, you know, and I'm not uh, necessarily in favor of playing Christian Arroyo more in the outfield, although he he got better, but he's not an outfielder, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, he he's done better than I expected. 
he misplayed. His first game out there was a bit of a disaster. He misplayed a couple of balls that a, a decent right fielder would have gotten to. But he's been a little bit better. So maybe, you know, maybe that's because you know he can hit a little bit. But at some point, they're going to have to make a decision on what they're going to do in right field. You know, and, and I'm not I, – I think they leave I, – I would love to see them leave Cassis down there for the entire year or at least until August or September. You know, you know, unless something radical happens and you're making a push at the end of the year and you have an injury and you think he can help you get over the hump, maybe. Otherwise, you know, look, if this is going to be a fourth-place team, which I think it is, if they're going to stay as a fourth-place team, leave him right there, let him get the at-bats, and then next year maybe hand him the job. And then maybe a guy like Dahlbeck becomes trade bait. You know, and you hope he picks it up at the second half of the season the way he did last year, and you sell high on a guy like Bobby Dahlbeck knowing that Tristan Cassis is in the pipeline. So, uh, Sox will be back home tonight after that long 10-game uh, road trip. It was their longest road trip of the season, by the way. They won't have another one that long the rest of the year. But they come home. They've got their hands full. They've got the Angels, and they've got the Chicago White Sox. Um, now, the White Sox have struggled mightily, although they won yesterday. Um, but they they have struggled early on in the season. But that's a team that we know is loaded with talent. And you've got this Angels team that I know it's early, but this is an Angels team that looks like it is legitimately ready to compete for a playoff spot. They've gotten off to a 15 and nine start. You know, granted, Houston got off to a bit of a rough start. Um, but, uh, the angels have won seven of 10. Now they lost yesterday. Um, but, uh, they're going to have their hands full. Noah Syndergaard is back. Noah Syndergaard is going to pitch tonight. Shohei Otani was supposed to pitch. He left that game on Sunday, um, with some left groin tightness, did not start yesterday, did appear as a pinch hitter, went over one as a pinch hitter, but he is not going to start tonight. Don't know if he's going to be the designated hitter. It's, it's probable. I think that he will. Uh, Joe Madden said they're hoping that he can pitch on Wednesday or Thursday in Boston, but there's no guarantee. They're going to be very cautious with him. Look, they're off to a great start. Uh, you know, he and he and Trout, they have to keep those guys healthy. So, uh, you know, uh, look, we know what kind of power Otani has. 46 homers last year. You know, he won the MVP. He's not the greatest hitter in the world. What, he hit 257, but he had 46 bombs. So, you know, it's hard to say he's not a great hitter, but he's not a guy that's going to hit for a high average, I don't believe. And, you know, with 156 Ks and 130 innings last night uh, or last year and an ERA of just about three on the mound, this is a guy that is somebody that is going to compete every time he goes out there. So uh, the Red Sox might catch a break. Maybe he won't play. Maybe he will. We'll see. Uh, but uh, they play the first of three games tonight at Fenway Park. Uh, by the way, Garrett Whitlock is going to get the start on Wednesday. He is going to replace Tanner Houck in the rotation. Uh, it sounds like this might be a permanent thing. I think they may have decided that Tanner uh, Houck coming out of the bullpen with that slider, uh, he might be better suited for that. I worry a little bit about uh, bringing him out. If you're going to bring him out of the bullpen, a Tanner Houck, he's a guy you're going to have to bring in in a clean inning because his control is not very good. And I can, I'm very concerned you bring him in with guys on base. Uh, he can walk you know, a couple of guys, and all of a sudden you're in huge trouble. But Whitlock will get the start on Wednesday. Uh, Michael Walker will take on Noah Syndergaard tonight, by the way. Walker, who's uh, 
got a one seven seven ERA and four starts. You know, he's not going deep into games, but that's not his fault. You know, <laughs> blame blame uh, Alex Cora and the Eggheads on that one. But he will go against Noah Syndergaard tonight, so that should be an interesting one to watch. Uh, and uh, then we'll see what happens uh, again with Whitlock uh, on Wednesday and Rich Hill scheduled to go on Thursday for the Boston Red Sox. The Yankees win again last night, uh, their 10th win in a row. They are in Major League Best 17-6. and six. Uh, They are uh, got it going on all cylinders. They beat the Blue Jays last night, a very good Blue Jay team. Uh, Jordan Montgomery got the start, was, you know, Pretty good. A couple of runs in five innings. Struck out five. Didn't walk anybody. Bullpen does a great job. Allows just three hits over the next four innings. Uh, Chad Green comes out of the bullpen. Picks up his first save of the season. They had just used their oldest Chapman, so they give him the day off. Green gets the save, and uh, the Yankees win it 3-2. to two. Uh, They score the go-ahead run uh, in the ninth inning. So, uh, look, you know, they're not going away. Uh, and by the way, here's an interesting thing. Now, remember, these games are in Toronto. Remember all the talk about vaccinations, you know, and how the Red Sox were down a couple of guys because they wouldn't get vaccinated, including Tanner Houck, a member of your rotation, or at least was at the time. And you wonder, by the way, if that had something to do with uh, him being out of the rotation. I don't know whether it did or not. But all of the Yankees are in Toronto, which means they are all vaccinated, including – Aaron Judge, who was not vaccinated prior, did not want to talk about it prior to the season, but when they realized he wasn't going to be able to go to Toronto, Aaron Judge did the right thing, did the team thing, and went and got himself vaccinated. You know, uh, again, you know, I've said this many, many times. Yes, we live in a country where you have that choice, and, and, and if you don't want to get the vaccine, that is your choice, and, and I get it. But when you are in a situation, a team situation, where you have 25 other guys relying on you, it is your responsibility to stay a member of that team and to be available to play. You know, not doing that is selfish. It's not what being a teammate is all about. And, uh, you know, and the Red Sox will say, well, it was, you know, it was never talked about with how nobody gave him a hard time about not being vaccinated. I'll tell you what, they might not have done so publicly, but I guarantee you privately there are people on that Red Sox team that are pissed off that Tanner Houck didn't get vaccinated because he wasn't vaccinated. They had to go to Garrett Whitlock. They didn't want to stretch Whitlock out anymore. So all of a sudden now you got to go into your bullpen uh, earlier, and it affected that entire series. And anybody who says it didn't doesn't know baseball. So it was interesting to see that all the Yankees were vaccinated. They had the full complement of players uh, in Toronto last night. Uh, great matchup tonight. Jamison Tyon, who has gotten off to a great start for the Yankees this year against Alec Manoa, who is 4-0 with a 1-4-4 ERA. So that'll be another fun one to watch. Uh, the Rays win. They beat the A's 6-1. to one. Uh, Not not a huge surprise there. The A's are uh, in a bit of a free fall. They are now 10-13. and 13. Attendance in Oakland yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, 2,000. 488. That is the smallest crowd in Oakland history, with the exception of when they drew 2,443 uh, in 1980. 
against the Rangers. It's embarrassing. And it is exactly what the owners want and exactly what the the reasoning they're going to use to get out of Oakland. There is no doubt in my mind that's exactly what the ownership wants to do is they can say, well, Oakland won't support this team, so we need to go to Vegas and follow the Oakland Raiders to Vegas. So, uh, Yandy Diaz, by the way, in this game, a home run. Uh, uh, Wander Franco, uh, back in the lineup, had a couple of RBI singles. Uh, he's got a bit of a, a issue with the right leg, but back in. And uh, uh, the Rays win this one easily uh, by a final of 6-1. to one. They are now 13-10. and 10. Again, Red Sox... <laughs> Uh, they don't win these two series. And I don't want to be overly dramatic, but with the way that the Rays and the Jays and the Yankees are playing, if the Red Sox lose these next two series, you know, I don't want to say it's over, especially with the expanded playoffs, but it's damn near over. So an easy win uh, for the Rays last night. The New York Mets uh, had been hot. Until last night, they got cooled off by the Atlanta Braves. The Braves beat them 5-2. Max Fried with another victory. He's now 3-2. Six innings, uh, just four hits and a couple of runs. Struck out six, didn't walk anybody. Kenley Jansen picks up his seventh save. Uh, Chris Bassett pitched pretty well for the Mets. Uh, Three uh, runs in seven innings. Struck out eight, only walked one. Uh, But uh, it was just a case last night of the Met Bats uh, got cooled off by the uh, the Brave staff. They allowed just five hits in this game, two of them by Mark Canna and two by Starling Marte. Outside of that, the rest of the Mets lineup was asleep. Uh, Travis Darno, by the way, uh, three hits and three RBIs uh, against his uh, former team last night. That These two teams are going to play a doubleheader this afternoon. Single admission doubleheader. You don't see that much anymore. Uh, Charlie Morton uh, will get the start in the opener for Atlanta, against, and uh, he'll go against Carlos Carrasco. And then in the nightcap, it'll be Kyle Wright, and uh, David Peterson. Uh, by the way, the uh, Mets were without Buck Showalter last night. Uh, he was suspended for a game uh, because of uh, uh, the incident against the Phillies the other night where uh, one of their relief pitchers uh, threw intentionally at a Philly player after they had uh, plunked another Met. Uh, you know, this is the Look, the Mets have been hit a lot this year. There's no question. They've, uh, they had a meeting with the commissioner's office about the baseball and what's going on. And uh, they just had had enough the other night and plunked the guy on purpose. And uh, it, it cost Buck Showalter a game. Matter of fact, the relief uh, pitcher, I believe it was Lopez, uh, got suspended for three games for doing it. And he got sent back to the minors right after the game. So when he comes back up at any point, he has to serve that three-game suspension uh, before he can appear in a game uh, for the Mets. Other Mets news yesterday, they cut ties with Robinson Cano, designated him for assignment uh, they still owe him $45 million left on the deal. Uh, Cano's 39 years old. Uh, missed last year because he had been suspended. Uh, it's his second suspension for PEDs. Um, and was hitting 195 this year with a home run and three runs batted in uh, in 43 plate appearances. And uh, that might be it. And look, people forget how great Cano was. This is a guy that's got a batting average of over 300 for his career. He's hitting 302 uh, for his career, 335 homers, 1,300 runs batted in. Uh, but at 39 years of age, uh, you have to think he's done. But uh, they owe him uh, for the rest of this year. And uh, uh, they're actually paying for the contract that he was signed by Seattle. 
Um, but he's and, and in this contract, by the way, that it was a 10-year, $240 million contract that he was signed to by Seattle. He lost $38 million or $36 million of that because of the PED suspensions. So, I mean, it's just uh, there's no question about it. And Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, can afford to eat the salary. So he's just like, you know, look, it's the best thing baseball-wise for this team. And it is. There's no question. Uh, so when the rosters went from 28 to 26, uh, Cano was a casualty. He said he still wants to play, so he'll go on waivers. Uh, and uh, maybe somebody picks him up after that. Uh, and they'll wait till after the waivers expire because then the Mets will be on the hook. If they picked him up right now, uh, the team that picked him up would be responsible for the uh, the, the amount of money that he's owed, and they're not going to do that. So uh, we'll see. But I, I suspect that we have maybe seen the last uh, of Robinson Cano in Major League Baseball. It's 30 minutes past here. We're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 33 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call here on a Tuesday morning. Going to be a warm one here in uh, southwestern North Carolina. We're supposed to get up to around 81 or 82 degrees today. I had to turn the air conditioner on yesterday. Like the second day of May, I had the air conditioner on. Unbelievable. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, By the way, Garden doing great. Those of you that have asked, and uh, uh, my chicks are doing great. They're all right right over here to my left. I tell you what, I may be the only show in America that's got chick- chickens in the broadcast studio, but they're only uh, about two and a half weeks old, so uh, uh, we're going to raise them inside for five or six weeks before we uh, take them out uh, and put them in the coop and stuff. But uh, uh, so yeah, there. Uh, uh, thanks. I got a couple of emails yesterday asking me how uh, how the garden was. Garden, my garden grows well. Thank you very much. Um, all right, let's get back to uh, baseball action from yesterday. A couple other things to talk about. Carlos Correa. Do you think he's making a difference? Uh, for the Minnesota Twins, the Twins win again yesterday, two to one. They beat the Orioles. Uh, Twins now fourteen uh, and nine. Carlos Correa drives in the winning run in this one. The tie-breaking uh, RBI single came in the sixth inning, and they beat the Orioles uh, two to one. Ten wins in the last eleven games for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Chris Paddock, the guy that came over from the San Diego Padres, pitched well into the sixth, five and a third innings, four hits, just one run, struck out three. Great job by the bullpen, three and two-thirds, hitless innings. Uh, Johan Duran picked up his first save of the season for the Twins. Uh, you know, a tough loss for the for the uh, Baltimore Orioles, but uh, I'll tell you what, the Red Sox were glad to see the Orioles uh uh, lose last night because it made uh, made it so that the Red Sox are not in last place. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Thank goodness for small, mir- small miracles, right? Uh, but the two teams will play again today. Uh, the Minnesota Twins will send uh, Joe Ryan, who's 3-1, and one, to the mound. Uh, game 7 o'clock start tonight uh, in Minnesota. Uh, excuse me, in Baltimore. Um, the Astros win again. Jake Odorizzi. Um was really, really struggling for this Astros team. First couple of starts this year, he had an ERA of almost seven. Had a bit of a conversation with uh, Justin Verlander, and uh, he won't tell us exactly what they talked about, but uh, it had. Uh, he said it had to do with, you know, he said it was some pitching information and some mindset information. Well, whatever it was that Verlander said, uh, the last two starts from, from Odorizzi uh, have been great. He allowed just four hits in six and two-thirds scoreless innings last night. Wins his second straight decision. 
and uh, the uh, Astros beat the Seattle Mariners three to nothing. Jordan Alvarez with a solo homer in this one. Uh, rookie Jeremy Pena, a two-run shot, uh, and uh, the Astros snap a two-game losing streak. And now Dusty Baker uh, will have a chance for his two thousandth career victory tonight. Uh, tonight it'll be uh, Christian Javier will get the start for Houston, and Chris Flexen, uh, who was a bit of a surprise for the uh, for the Mariners last year, and is uh, one and three this year, but he has a very respectable three three eight ERA. He will get the start tonight for Seattle, trying to make sure that uh, Dusty Baker does not get that uh, that victory. Uh, the Chicago White Sox, the team that the Red Sox will play after the Angels, played the Angels last night, and the White Sox shut them out. Uh, 3 nothing. I already mentioned Shohei Otani just appeared as a uh, uh, pinch hitter in this game. But Dylan Cease got the start for the White Sox yesterday, struck out 11 over seven innings, allowed just one hit, no runs, no walks. Kendall Graveman, Liam Hendricks finished it up, and a, uh, a solid day for the uh, Chicago White Sox as they beat the Mariners. Um, uh, A.J. Pollock, uh, with an RBI for Chicago and Adam Engel with an RBI double in this one as well, and uh, but just a great performance by Dylan Cease last night. The Cardinals and the Royals played an old-fashioned game last night, one nothing, and it only took about two and a half hours. It's my kind of game. Uh, Stephen Matz got the start for the Cardinals last night, picked up his third win of the season, six shutout innings, uh, four strikeouts, didn't walk anybody, only allowed four hits. Uh, and then a great job by the bullpen after that. Zach Greinke got the start for Kansas City. Uh, look, Zach Greinke hasn't picked up a win yet. Uh, he's 0-2, but he's got an ERA of about 2.5. Last night, six innings, three hits, one run. Didn't walk anybody. Uh, but uh, just five hits for the Royals in this game last night. They couldn't do much of anything. Carlos Santana had two of those five hits uh, for the Royals last night. The only run of the game, a Paul Goldschmidt solo home run in the first inning off of Granke. Uh For Goldschmidt, just his second home run of the season. But uh, the Cardinals improved to 13-9, and nine, uh, and the Royals' woes continue. They dropped to 7-14 and 14 on the season. Uh, the NHL playoffs started last night. I was excited. The Bruins had been playing really well this year, thought they had a chance. Now, look, they struggled against the Carolina Hurricanes during the season. But uh, when they have faced the Hurricanes in the playoffs – They've uh, had a lot of success. They have knocked the Hurricanes out of two of the last three playoffs. Uh, but last night, uh, different story. Matter of fact, Carolina never led in either of those series that they lost to the Bruins. Last night, uh, after a scoreless first period, Carolina picked up a couple of goals early in the second. Uh, Taylor Hall made it a close game. It was 2-1 with an early goal uh, in the third period. But after that, it was all Carolina. They end up winning this thing 5-1. to one. Uh, but you have to take your cap off. Uh, Auntie Ranta, the uh, goaltender for the Hurricanes last night, uh, 35 saves. And uh, the Hurricanes beat the Bruins in game number one easily. Game two will be Wednesday night in Carolina, in Raleigh. Uh, and then it'll head back up to Boston after that. But the Bruins need a victory uh, in this next one if they're going to keep this series uh, uh, extended. Although, you know, a lot of people... Uh, the early predictions were that Carolina wins this in five. So a lot of people think they're going to blow the Bruins out, which it, it would be a shame. I mean, the Bruins, look, had a hell of a year. Uh, you know, first time in Eastern Conference history or in NHL history that eight teams in one conference won or had 100 points in a season. 
and the Bruins were uh, were one of them, and they they won 51 games this year. They were phenomenal, and uh, it would be a shame if they get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. But you know they lost three in a row to uh, to Carolina during the regular season, and this was a this was an ass whooping yesterday. No other way to put it. Uh, speaking of ass whoopings, who the Tampa Bay Lightning, two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, got absolutely run out of Toronto last night. The Toronto Maple Leafs beat the Lightning last night 5 nothing. And and when I say run out, they just got out-hustled last night. Toronto just beat them to every puck. Uh, Austin Matthews, who led the NHL with 60 regular season goals, had a couple of goals and an assist last night. Jack Campbell, 23 saves. He picks up his second playoff shutout of his career. Uh, they absolutely destroyed the Lightning 5 nothing last night. And by the way, last night was the 55th anniversary of the last time the Toronto Maple Leafs won a Stanley Cup. So it has been a long, long time. But this Maple Leafs team is no joke. Uh, and Andre Veselovsky uh, can tell you all about that. He made 28 saves last night, but just got absolutely uh, a lot of odd man rushes because the the, uh, uh, the Lightning just could not slow down that Toronto team. It was a, just a wire-to-wire victory, very easy win uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs last night. Um, some NFL news. Huh. You know, we talk about PEDs in uh, baseball a lot, but uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and we know, look, we know performance-enhancing drugs have been a problem in the NFL for a long time, but we don't hear about it as much anymore. But this was a high-profile one last night. The Arizona Cardinals are going to be without one of their top receivers. DeAndre Hopkins suspended for six games without pay for violating the NFL's PED uh, uh, policy yesterday. Uh, look, the Cardinals, 11-6 and six last year. Hopkins was a big part of that, at least early. Uh, he only played in 10 games because uh, he missed most of the last half of the season, including the playoffs, by the way, uh, because he had some hamstring and knee injuries. But while he was in there, 42 catches um, for 572 yards. Now, the Cardinals, maybe, I don't know whether the Cardinals knew this was coming. I suspect they may have because they made a, uh, a draft day trade with the Ravens to bring Marquise Brown over to Arizona. So you wonder if maybe the cards knew this was coming. Uh, Brown, of course, had 1,000 yards for the uh, uh, the Ravens last season, and he was a college teammate of Arizona quarterback Kyler Murray uh, when they were at Oklahoma. Um, they also have uh, A.J. Green. So, it, you know, They've got other options, but there is no question this is going to hurt the Arizona Cardinals this year. And, look, Arizona's already been dealing with questions about whether Kyler Murray is going to be there long-term and yada, yada, yada. This is not a distraction uh, that that team needed right now. There's no question about it. Uh, We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to finish the show up uh, with some uh, news about women um, in sports. One of them uh, very sad, uh, the other two – Uh, Kind of uplifting. So uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be back to wrap things up. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 45 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call here on a Tuesday morning. So uh, we've got uh, some uh, women's news uh, we'll wrap the show up with this morning. Um, One of them is uh, really sad. And and, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, 
uh, sophomore catcher Lauren uh, Burnett from uh, James Madison University uh, committed suicide um, last week um, on April the 26th, uh, 20 years old, and uh, on, a, on, a, on a freshman team at James Madison last year, uh, you know, had, they had a great season. They went to the College World Series. She was a big part of that. Uh, this year as a sophomore, uh, she was hitting 336, nine homers, 33 runs batted in at 41 games. I mean, she was having a monster year. It's one of those things where you're like, well, you know, this kid is like on a roll. She's got everything to live for. And yet, you know, we don't, we never know what's going on. So she committed suicide back on the 26th. Well, James Madison University yesterday uh, made the decision that they are going to cancel uh, the rest of their softball season. Um, they canceled five games last week because of her death, um, and uh, they have decided to just end the season. Uh, they're going to finish the season off at uh, 21 and 21. They were 10 and five in the Colonial Athletics Association, uh, winning its la- final five games prior to her suicide. Um, but they have decided that they are just going to uh, take the rest of the semester uh, to honor her memory and uh, try to finish it out uh, academically strong, as they've said. And, uh, uh, you know, look, uh, this is not, uh, you know, we just had the news of Naomi Judd uh, committing suicide uh, the day before she and her daughter were being inducted into the uh, Country Music Hall of Fame, uh, the Judds. And uh, there was a, uh, earlier this year, there was news of the uh, young lady who was a goalie, uh, college uh, soccer goalie, who committed suicide uh, there was a, a, a high-profile uh, interview on the Today Show about a month ago from a, a kid that played at Ohio State talking about uh, how he de- has dealt with so much, uh, uh, so many mental issues and uh, contemplated suicide. And, you know, it, it's just a, another one of those reminders of we don't know what's going on with people. And, look, you know, and, and it's funny, and it's hard sometimes for an old guy like me, uh, when when I was growing up, you didn't hear about this stuff. You know, you didn't hear about uh, people de- being depressed. You know, it wasn't something, and maybe it was just something that wasn't talked about. Maybe it was just as prevalent back then as it is now. Although I don't think so. I think that what's happened is that uh, with social media and the constant attention and the constant noise you know, life was a lot quieter when I was young. You know, I mean, we didn't have the Internet. You know, we didn't have, uh, you know, 200 channels on our television. Uh, we didn't have the kinds of movies uh, and books and video games that are being produced now that uh, that stir so many emotions in people. And, and, and so, you know, I, it's very easy for me to say life was simpler back then. But I just, it, and like I said, maybe I just was blind to it. Maybe it was there more than I knew, but I never heard of anybody doing that back in the, you know, uh, the 60s and 70s when I was growing up or even in the 80s when I was in college. You just it's not something that that people didn't talk about depression and and all these mental health issues. And I think that our society and the way our life is now has really changed. And I think it has affected our young people a lot. Uh, Look, I know that that, uh, you know, I think every family has gone through that. I know my family has with, with some of our young people dealing with uh, depression and, and, and other issues like that. So uh, just a, a sad, sad story out of James Madison. 
uh, but you have to respect the decision that the uh, the players and the administration made uh, because I don't know as, as a player on that team uh, how you continue uh, based on uh, what happened there. Um, the other uh, news, uh, the WNBA is going to honor uh, Brittany Griner with a decal on the floor of their games this year. Um, she is currently being held uh, in Russia in prison when she was detained uh, at the airport uh, because she supposedly had uh, uh, vape cartridges that uh, had uh, cannabis in them. And uh, she could carry uh, 10 years in prison. There is no doubt. Look, if she had marijuana in those things, number one, she's an idiot to go to the airport with them in, in Russia of all places. I mean, you know, if you're in a foreign country and you did that, I mean, it's not the brightest thing in the world. Now, having said that, there is no question that this was done for political reasons. This was done just before the invasion of Ukraine. This was done on purpose. This was a chance for Vladimir Putin and his people to uh, to make an example of somebody from the West and so there is no doubt that, that she is part of the political game that is being played uh, over in Eastern Europe right now, and, and it's unfortunate. So from that standpoint, uh, I think it's great that the WNBA is doing that. You know, it, it, she shouldn't have had it to begin with. I get that. Uh, but what the Russians did was just ludicrous. And, and, and to tell you, and, and by the way, she could face uh, 10 years in prison for a vape cartridge with some cannabis oil in it. It's just it's ridiculous. Uh, there's a hearing set for May 19th. That ought to be interesting. Uh, but uh, supposedly there's going to be a decal on all the floors that are going to have the initials BG as well as her number 42. Uh, all 12 teams are going to have the decal, uh, decal on their court starting with the season opener on Friday night. I think, uh, uh, you know, good for them. I mean, you know, again, whether you, whether you like Brittany Griner or not, uh, the fact that she has been caught up in this political mess is just uh, kind of ridiculous. Um, and then there's uh, the news from a couple of days ago, and this is kind of cool. Uh, Kelsey Whitmore uh, played left field and batted ninth for the Staten Island Ferry Hawks on Sunday. She became the first woman to start a game in the Atlantic League and one of the first to do so in any league connected to Major League Baseball. And while the Atlantic League is an independent league, it is definitely connected to Major League Baseball because MLB has used... Uh, the Atlantic League as a, uh, a petri dish for a lot of their rule changes and and or proposed rule changes and proposed uh, technology changes over the last uh, few years, but uh, she's 23 years old. Uh, this young lady was uh, a college softball player at Cal State Fullerton. Um, she played uh, uh, on the U.S. women's baseball team for like five or six years. Uh, played uh, for their, uh, in, in the Independent Pacific Association for a couple of years, but she signed with Staten Island this month uh, and uh, had an opportunity to start a game. She's a two-way player, by the way. She uh, is also working on pitching. Um, she has not uh, pitched in the game for Staten Island yet, but uh, uh, she got uh, up twice, or actually she got up three times. She's a right-handed hitter. Uh, she went over two. She struck out her first at bat, got hit by a pitch in the second at bat, uh, and then... Uh, Flied out to right her third time up. Um, and then uh, she had a couple of chances in the outfield, made them flawlessly, and uh, so good for her. Good for her. You know, and look, do, are, do I think women are – we have this debate all the time. Are women ever going to play Major League Baseball? I doubt it. I doubt it. But never say never. 
but I doubt it. You know, uh, could it be done as a publicity stunt? And and I hate to put it that way because it's not fair. But look, you know, uh, women aren't. It's just look. I, I got to be careful. I don't want to sound like a you know. I, I'm I'm a father of daughters, but women aren't as strong as men. Women aren't as fast as men. Women. It's just it's 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 anatomy. It is what it is. Uh, but do I think a woman could play the outfield in Major League Baseball? Absolutely. Do I think a woman could be a pinch runner in Major League? Absolutely. And do I think that there's a chance that a woman, maybe like some left-hander, uh, left-handed pitcher that comes in and you know throws junk and uh, faces left-handed batters, could succeed? I think it's possible. But do I think it will happen? I don't think it will happen in my lifetime. Maybe it will, but I doubt it. But good for her. I, look, I'm all for women being able to play baseball. I think what, I'm glad that girls play little league. I don't think anybody should be denied a chance to play a game they want to play. We've seen, uh, you know, females uh, play uh, uh, with men in football, but they're playing as kickers. But hey, good for them. Good for them. As the father of uh, daughters, then you know I'm all for it. Um, uh, and and the fact that she got a chance to play and and look, good for her. She made made contact and uh, made the plays in the field. Uh, I don't think we'll see it in Major League Baseball, but I think it's a great accomplishment. So uh, uh, good for you, uh, Kelsey Whitmore. And, uh, you know, I don't know if we'll, how much more we'll see her in Staten Island this year, but but why not? Why not? What the, And you know what? With all the other crap we got going on in the world right now with, you know, this, this not nonsense with the, uh, the Supreme Court with Roe v. Wade and, um, you know, what's going on over in Eastern Europe, you know, this is kind of a feel-good thing. And, and what the hell? Why not? Why not? That's going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. Hopefully uh, the Red Sox will play well tonight. I'll be a little bit happier tomorrow morning uh, than I have been recently. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure my wife has not had a lot of fun listening to me uh, rant and rave and scream about the way Boston's been playing lately. So they're due for a good one. Let's hope it begins tonight against the Anaheim Angels. We're going to leave you this morning with some music from Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. Uh, the uh, song that came out, Oh, What a Night. It's Frankie Valli's 88th birthday today. God love him. Uh, of course, the uh, the Broadway musical, The Jersey Boys, based on uh, Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. And my wife, who's been binge-watching The Sopranos, she never watched it when it was originally on. She's been binge-watching it. It's like her, and, and my wife is Sicilian, so it's kind of like, like, like second-generation Sicilian. Her grandparents came over from Sicily. Uh, and she looks at me, she says, Jesus, a lot of these people are like my family. So, but we, she's been watching The Sopranos, and on one of the episodes of The Sopranos just the other night, Frankie Valli uh, was made a cameo in The Sopranos, and uh, today is his 88th birthday. So, here's a little Frankie Valli on the way out. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.